Welcome, everybody, to episode 131 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Uh, I guess I should apologize. Uh, I'm back. I don't know that this is a good thing, um, given what the stats looked like for last week uh, in my absence. Uh, I don't know whether it was the brevity of the episode or my uh, the, the lack of me being there, but uh, you guys held it down pretty good last week. Oh, good. Good to hear. No, welcome back. Good and glad to have you back from your sojourn. It was funny because we kept teasing that we were staying a week ahead and staying a week ahead so that when I went on that trip, we would have, and we still dropped yeah. the ball. <laughs> For sure, it's <laughs> It is what it is. Um, but it's good to be back. A um, couple of housekeeping things. I don't know if you guys realize we are recording on a national or international James Bond Day on October 5th, the day that the first uh, installment of the James Bond series uh, debuted way back when. So that's cool. And a, a bit of podcast adjacent news to James Bond. The podcast that got me into listening to podcasts was a show called James Bonding. Uh, they are re-releasing their back catalog because somehow it got lost uh, behind the paywall on Stitcher. So um, hmm. those are all coming back out. Uh, I, I enjoy that. If you enjoy James Bond and that uh, and podcasts, uh, those guys are, are, are pretty entertaining. Matt Myra and Matt Gorley. Uh, you'll see Myra on a bunch of other podcasts and, and Gorley as well. They're, they're big podcasters and have been for a while. Um, and then... Speaking of James Bond as well, uh, most recent episode of Risk Cheese Radio uh, had the guys from the Blunt Instruments podcast, which uh, was a fantastic listen, a little riff on James Bond and watches. Um, so uh, big fan of that. Kudos to Bro and Schmidt and then the two boys from that other show, uh, Blunt Instruments. So anyway, um, just wanted to bring it all full circle before we dive into a completely, literally unrelated topic. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do a public service announcement before we do dive into an unrelated topic. Um, you, you guys may have seen this. I just saw it yesterday. But uh, if you have an Amazon Prime account, they now have every single James Bond movie on Amazon Prime. Oh, yes, because they bought Eon, they bought whatever they or MGM. They bought whatever they bought something. owned. Yeah. yeah, they did. Um, they're doing a, a reality show for James Bond too. Like it's a travel type of oh, show. Oh, really? So, yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of like the Amazing Race, but like James Bond themed. From what I understand, I don't know if it's going to be any good. But the folks from um, Eon are involved, so like the Broccoli's are involved, so it'll be interesting. By um, definition, it will yeah. not be good unless you can do the opening scene from Goldeneye, because every one of our age <laughs> is programmed to understand that this is exactly what needs to happen. Dude, the opening from parkour, or the opening parkour scene from Casino Royale. Oh yeah, too. oh yeah. <laughs> I just uh, if you're of a certain age, uh, Golden Eye just hits different. Obviously, it does. It totally does. Um, so anyway, well, why don't we kick off as we usually do? Wrist check, drink check, Spangler and Spangler's mustache. What do you have? Um. Do, do you want me to go first, or do you want the mustache to go first? <laughs> well, I feel like the mustache should talk about the drink, at least. <laughs> yeah, so so it, it, in the mustache tonight, we have a... I actually had a, a smattering of different things out, because I figured I'd be like... Hey, hey, this is a family tonight. podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> smattering of things in the mustache. <laughs> I'm a, it's clean, I, I promise. And it's only been bourbon. I, I promise everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a smattering of, uh, you know, I've got a, an old Carter batch number three, uh, Maker's Mark. They're one of their newest uh, private selection releases called Honeysuckle Breeze, Ooh. which I feel like could have been like a 
dynamic 70s ballad duo. Um, <laughs> at least, you know, maybe I would have done that. I don't know. Um, southern, southern rock duo, maybe? Yeah, Southern rock duo, just full Canadian tuxedos. <laughs> and then we've got uh, Angels Envy, Rye, and then a 2020 Booker's, their Boston batch. Uh, I figured I'd just do a you know fun tasting because, you know, nice. why not? It's a Wednesday night. That's right. There you go. What's on? So, uh, yeah, on the wrist, it's a uh, Moon's Watch because I haven't nice. worn it in a while. Yeah. There you go. Still on the red strap. Still very light, very plasticky. Feels like I could break it at any moment. Don't, I guess. No. That's my only advice. Yes, yeah, try not to. Try not to. I, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll try not to. You know, I won't look at it weird, I guess. I don't know. Have a strong breeze go by. That's what I got. I feel like that's going off. All right. So somebody else go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Buzz is the guy that gets things back on the rails. Okay, sure. Um, drinking. I am drinking a Mad Tree Happy Amber. It, guess what, gang? Still delicious. Um, I, I still on my to do list. I still need to find a mid slash low tier amber beer just to, to delete on mass during the days of fall. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking I recently got when I was at a gas station recently got like a 24 pounder of honey brown, which is, is definitely very close to what I'm looking for. It Not really bad. is. But, um, yeah, th- this is where I need to activate you, dear listeners. You guys have any recommendations for for this? Hit me up. Like Yingling, that that's good. It's close to what I'm what I'm looking for. Dose Amber. Yeah, I, yeah. I, Dose Amber. Ideally, ideally, it it needs to be like dirt ass cheap, right? Like I okay. I want. I'm trying to find. The equivalent, the the uh, the barn coat wearing equivalent of of the uh, uh, Natter Day, right? So, like, what Natter Day is Ooh. to the summer, I want to find its wanna, fall-like. Okay, cousin. <laughs> I support yeah. this. I support this wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's 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 the goal. Okay, so anyone, hit me up. You know where I'm at. Buzzworthy watches. That's all that needs said. Okay. Yeah. On the rest. Black Bay 58. Still on the Forstner Jube. This is about the time in my uh, rings cycle of um, attachment options with, with the Black Bay. That will probably go back to the Oyster bracelet. Because uh, the Jube's been on for maybe a month or so. Uh, I had a great uh, convo. In the <clears throat> excuse me, with uh, Nightwatch twenty one eleven on IG, uh, he picked up a, one of those uh, Steel Reef uh, Easy Links and really really liked it. So I feel like I may I may have to uh, get one of those to to unlock the full power of, of the stock bracelet. Yeah, I mean that I'm. I don't. I have a really good fit with the the, the forty one, the Black Bay Steel yeah. that I own. But he makes it. and It's like it's almost like you want to pick one up. Like if you pick one up and it's good, I may just pick one up because 
can't imagine they're going to be around for forever. And you never right. know. Like, it'd just be a good thing yeah, to have. exactly. Strike, so, strike while the iron's uh, hot. Exactly. I, exactly. But, no, All right. But, no, not yeah. done yet. Not done yet. Go ahead. I, still, I have a uh, an acquisition. I have a new watch pouch alert. Oh. New watch yeah, pouch so, alert. <laughs> uh, I was scrolling the IG, and uh, Cole Pennington oh. had... Uh, oh, shoot! <laughs> Had, had the bunch of uh, pouches that he had made uh, out of, um, you know, just some nice material. And it was in Thailand, and there were a bunch of uh, aviation patches, right, that went with it. So I, mm-hmm. I scooped up the uh, the F4 Phantom. I actually think there were two different ones with the F4 Phantom. Got the the one with the uh, the view from, from the top of the plane and the uh, McDonnell Douglas uh name on it so very very jazzed about this it's it's great it's a great pouch nice crushed uh velvety red Ooh. interior and olive drab uh outside i i really really like it and i almost you know, i had a hard time picking i, I must have been lucky and saw it like right when they posted because i really liked the uh the ov uh, 10 bronco one too and i mm. i damn near bought one for uh for maddie mcd but i also like like oh do i want to be greedy and like it's nice enough to get one of these like i don't necessarily yeah. want to buy them a bunch of them even if it would be a gift so sorry matt maybe the next time i see some sort of aviation slash watch related ephemera i'll get it for you there's a solid chance he might have just snagged one himself though like i have a sneaking yeah suspicion. that seems up his alley yeah very much so that's all i got gang all right well before I dive into my drink check and my wrist check, obviously I was out last week. I was in Iowa for work. Took one watch for those. I mean, for those who paid attention to Instagram, I might have posted it twice, but it was the PPX uh, that went with me. Was phenomenal on the trip. Uh, like that might actually become a travel watch, even though it has no extra complications, just because it's that. Like it just disappears on wrist, um, and it's it. I think it's one of those watches, and my wife kind of suggested that she's like. It's new, it's it's cool. It's got like a it's a it's a modern like material. It, it's a, a neat design. Like she's like it's something that if people at the office know you're the watch guy, that like this makes sense that that would be something that you would wear. So like I was I was pretty like it, I was pretty stoked wearing that all week. Um, and also shout out to our boy uh, whiskey blender dude Sandy. Uh, I DM'd him a little bit while I was in Iowa because I went to a nice whiskey bar uh, that, that actually had a lot more scotch than bourbon, but, uh, you know, that's okay. Uh, so there was not very many E's on the menu. Um, <laughs> but I uh, I tried Aberlour 12, the finished in the sherry cask, and I got to say, I will be finding a bottle of that soon because it was smooth and delicious and phenomenal. So um, I, I, was te- I was messaging him, as, so, like, I was like, this is fantastic. I'm shocked I haven't sought it out prior, but like I will be buying a bottle of this because it's really good. And he's like, yes, he goes, the sherry cask. Oh, it's just delicious. He goes, I'm glad you tried another one of my babies. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it was delicious. Um, but that's not what I have in the glass. I haven't made it to the liquor store since returning. Um, but I do have, it is cider season. 
cider season. So I've got some good apple cider and some Old Forester because, you know, that's a very easy cocktail to mix. Apple cider and bourbon. I'm a little nervous because the top half of this was rather sweet. I may not have mixed this very well, so the bottom half might be a little bit uh, a little bit rough. We'll see. Um, <laughs> we'll see when stay we get there. Stay tuned for the, the back yeah, half. Stay of the tuned. I'm, I'm about, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm about uh, a sixth away from, uh, a sixth of the glass away from hitting the bottom half. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. Um, and then on wrist, uh, I'm starting a new thing. Um, I'm going to try to wear this pink sailcloth strap from Strap Habit. Um, as much as I can in October, it might blow up the Instagram feed. So last, so yes, if yesterday did a reel with it on the Speedmaster on Speedy Tuesday, it looked fantastic. I swapped it out and put it on the uh, Grand Seiko Blizzard, the SBG E249. So that with the blue hands and the white dial is rocking the pink strap. And I gotta say, I uh, I dig it. It works really well. Um, so we'll see what I dr- try to throw this on tomorrow. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, really like the sailcloth strap anyway. So this has been a lot of fun to wear. Um, and it was funny cause I had just taken all the straps off of all of my watches and put them all back on bracelets. And now I'm going to start taking bracelets off and putting straps back on. <laughs> like it's just, yeah, endless cycle. So we'll see, uh, I want to experiment tomorrow. I got an idea. We'll see where I go with it, but I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how it looks tomorrow. Yeah, that's I gotta, cool. I got something, something big planned. <laughs> yeah. It's- anyway. It's a it's a cool uh, cool strap, and it's almost like it's a, a neat and virtuous thing to support uh, charities. You know, it, it might be. Um, <laughs> say, speaking of charities, uh, I believe Bro has got his pink Nomos nice uh, giveaway going. So um, make the donation, get on the list. Um, the the Oris Cotton Candy last year was pretty awesome. Obviously, he's doing a pink Nomos. Um, so get out there. Make a donation. Uh, Real men wear pink, and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see uh, which one of the lucky listeners, followers, ends up with uh, a new watch at the uh, the end of October. All right. Should we move into fresh forum finds? You got to be fresh. Yes. <laughs> got to be fast. Sometimes you got to be fast too. So, uh, Spangler, what have you got for us this week? Is it from eBay? Uh, of course, it's from eBay because we all know eBay is the place to be i guess i don't know i'm just spitballing here um i i have found um you know spence you were making fun of me earlier for looking up how this watch works um but i have a seamaster apnea um, coming from japan uh listed for 1852 on ebay um and if y- y'all are unaware of this watch, because I was, um, I was a scrolling through Seamasters and happened to scroll through this one. Um, it's a chronograph, um, but it's got a dive counter on it. That's sort of like a yacht timer type situation with like six, well, actually seven circles uh, on the top half of the dial um, that is apparently there to time up to 14 minutes of dive time. Um, so it's kind of a unique little complication. Um Kind of cool. Uh, watch is a little bit beat up, but, you know, this one isn't super expensive, quote-unquote. So, I mean, if you're in the market, why not? Um, coming from Japan, but again, you know, not the biggest deal in the world. I've bought a few things from there. Uh, seller had good feedback, too. So, you know, if y'all are interested, it's out there. I feel like this one is meant to time dives without oxygen. Yes. Probably, huh? The whole apnea thing but yeah 
<laughs> lack of oxygen, you know. Yep. That, that would make sense. <laughs> Although diving without oxygen for 14 minutes doesn't really make sense. So, I mean. Um, some people can make it almost that long. As I understand. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> As I understand, a lot of that free diving is done where they hold on to a weighted sled that that drops them down and then they swim up, yeah. which has to be a um, super terrible, weird feeling, you know, like just riding, riding this weighted thing, trying to take me away from all the air that I'm so addicted to that I literally have to breathe, you know, Uh Huh. Not 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 my sport at all. Yeah, yeah. it's a cool watch though. Oh, sweet watch! Very cool. cool. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a weird little complication. Niche I mean, I can think of a lot of things that you would time for less than fourteen minutes that that would come in really handy, and most of those happen on my back deck <laughs> using a grip. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, um, niche complications are a okay with me. Right, Buzzman, what have you okay. got? This is the value play. I'm not trying to tilt my hand too much. But um, mm-hmm. I found on Reddit, Reddit Watch Exchange, we've got a Breitling Avenger 2 Seawolf. This is a reference A17330 for a whopping $1,850. And uh, if you know anything about these, uh, these are a uh, diver type uh, uh, chronometer, rider tabs, all, all that uh, good stuff. Uh, but it is a chunk master. Okay. It's uh, 45 millimeter diameter, Ooh. 18 thick. Uh-huh. It's got the helium release Ooh. valve because there might be like an incredible amount of helium in something that big. Yeah, it's got a lot of volume. Exactly. You can actually use this as a weight to help you, uh, your weighted sled go down even further. Uh, it doesn't have a, an apnea complication on it though. Um, so yeah, just a, a simple, uh, simple three hander. It's in wearer type. Yeah. You know, it's a daily wearer type, uh, amount of wear. It's not pristine at all, but it's not completely, you know, it's not terribly beat to, to snot. It's it's what you would expect for, for something that got worn a bunch. Um, so, yeah, you can, can go take a look at that over on uh, Reddit Watch Exchange. I, I think that, um, you know, essentially the, the crystal has a little bit of the a- AR wearing off. There's scratches. Um, but really like what, what do you want for, for sub two K out of a known brand, right? There's a certain point that's just like, Hey, this thing seems cool. This is a a cool way to take part in something that's like ridiculous and out of my comfort zone, right? Like some giant chunk uh, of a watch, (laughs) right? This is like, uh, Half as as cheap as if you try to get at like the Panerai route, for example. So, yeah, it's cool. I like it. So I have the opposite of a value proposition to a degree, 
but it is, it might actually be chunkier. Ooh, tell me more. Yeah. So I don't think it's quite as thick because this watch was never meant to go below the sea, but it might be flying mm. over. I have a IWC Big Pilot, as it is described on timezone.com, the unfussy one without the nine on the dial. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is the full-size 46-millimeter Big Boy. Uh, big, cri- big Pilot, Big Crown, uh, comes with two extra straps. Uh, it's on a brown leather, comes with a dressier um, alligator, as well as a textile IWC strap with an IWC uh, pin buckle. Uh, the, the, the leather straps, um, are on deployant comes with a box. I can't tell if it comes with papers, but it does come with a 2022 service receipt from IWC Mm -hmm. and all this could be yours for $7,000, which is expensive. Don't get me wrong. It's not cheap, but I feel like a brand new one of those, if you're walking out of a boutique is 12. So almost 50% off. I mean, this watch has has definitely been worn, but it doesn't look like it's in terrible shape, despite being, you know, roughly this, like, you could stop a door with this thing. Um, It's massive, but um, I've always liked these, even though I don't think I could pull them off. I feel like the the 43 millimeter version might be cool, but, like, even that's a big boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Date it. It's got the seven-day movement and... uh, Date at six o'clock. So uh, it's a lot of watch. It's not. It's a lot of money, but it's not as much as you pay elsewhere. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I just I think that one's interesting. I think one of us needs to get one of those watches at some point. Spence, you said you may be out. So between you and me, Buzz, one of us needs a big pilot at some point. So yeah, I, I will. Uh, I don't get IWC. I just I I, I don't get it. Not when I, I mean, you can get a Leica or, you know, a, another similar, um, actually le- legit one. Oh, I know. Very cool. <laughs> uh, for everyone listening at home and not watching to our nonsense, uh, we, there was just an IWC that, uh, met, met a certain one of my co-hosts <laughs> webcams, uh, for emphasis, yeah, I don't know. I would, I there, would there uh, definitely try a, a Laco or, or someone else that made a B or uh, type pilot before I jumped in for t- the better part of ten k. So the one, if I could find it for around that price, and I know it would be insanely challenging because it retails for even more than the big pilot. I, and I, I, I feel like I've tried it on once when I was at Betteridge in Vale. Um, I feel like maybe I missed it. The time zoner. So the big pilot time zoner that has Mm. all of the cities around the bezel ring and you turn the bezel ring to the city and it jumps to the right time. That is cool. It's insanely expensive. Uh, It was developed by a different watch company uh, that IWC then bought the patents to after that watch company or that watch brand kind of went away in the early to early to mid two thousands. Such a cool complication on a big pilot that might actually take it to 46 and 18. <laughs> that's one of the thicker ones. Um, but like that's such, that is such a cool complication and it's niche, 
but it's not like it's useful. Like if you're really traveling that much, I mean, how cool is it to turn the bezel of the city that you just landed in and like, oh, there's the time. <laughs> like, so anyway, I'm trying to find that watch. I cannot find it. it wasn't a it's, Spitfire, wasn't? Uh, they might have done a Spitfire version, but it's an IWC Big Pilot Time Zoner. I think is what it's called. Yeah, they did a Spitfire Time Zoner. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a cool watch. It's a cool watch. The one I'm finding is yeah. very cool. Yeah. So anyway, um, I feel like I feel like we're forgetting something. No, we're not. No, we're not. The light bulb just went on over my head. Speaking of light bulbs, hey, you know what has a light bulb on it? Yes. Might be an LED light bulb. What has it, Buzzy? Lawnmower. Not any lawnmower. Not the lawnmower that you don't have to use as much now that it's fallen, your grass is going dormant. The lawnmower 4.0. That is... It's one better than the lawnmower 3.0 was. That's for sure. This is true. And as now that the temperatures are cooling, you know, maybe maybe that that lawn's not as dormant. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Certain lawns don't uh, have seasonal dormancy like uh, North American turf grass (laughs) does. Yeah. No, they do not. And it looks like, I mean, Spangler, Spangler's trimming most things except his upper lip with his, I would assume. So that, that um, is correct. Yeah. Yeah. But if you wanted done. to take care of that, you want to take care of that upper lip. I think it would, it would do just fine. Uh, the upper lip says we're good for right now, but yeah, eventually it's okay. going to have to be taken care of. Well, yeah, it, it you will. know, you don't have to go all at once with it because the lawnmower 4.0 has interchangeable guards. You don't have you don't have to take the the full full cut, you know. Just like cutting grass, if your grass is really high, you're supposed to actually take multiple uh, chops at it. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I mean, and you know something, Spangler. You don't want to be like the old guys, the really old guys, who allow their nose hair to grow into their mustache and then all the way down. You know something, and and I feel like they make a product for that. The weed whacker it keeps that nose hair nice and nobody likes a stray nose hair like. That's that's not anything. And the other thing, too, that I'm learning, I'm catching up to Buzzy in the ear hair department, I think, a little bit. And I'm not getting as good of a seal on my AirPods when it comes to the noise canceling. So I feel like maybe get that get that weed whacker in there. No sharp, pointy objects in the ear. Um, Highly go from recommend. There. See if that improves the seal. <laughs> Stay and tuned you know next something. week. Well, we're going to talk about one more thing. We're still going to talk about the crop preserver because even though it is starting to be not as sweaty season, we're making the transition from shorts yes. to pants. And the temperature in the morning is cool, but the temperature in the evening can be a little bit warm. So there's still a little chance for... Sweaty season. A little bit of funk. Sweaty season still happens, even though... like I feel like we're not really fully out of sweaty season until the high temperature doesn't top 50. Like, let's be real. <laughs> I run warm. So crop preserver is still... Still top notch, top notch. Well, uh, yeah, and if you're in my neck of the woods, it's always hot. So <laughs> and humid and swampy. For sure, it's gonna be almost ninety degrees next week. We're having a great time down here. Ouch! I hate it here. <laughs> and every day I wake up, and I'm like, I hope it's not gonna be ninety degrees. And every day I'm disappointed. Ah, <laughs> oh, Spangler, only one more year, right? Less than a year. Well, I may I may move to New Orleans next year, so I may be down here for a little bit longer. So. <laughs> I, 
Is that what can I say? By choice? Is that <laughs> I'm just be a by choice? punishment. Yeah, uh, he just really does not like it. <laughs> I hate every second I'm here, but I'm probably going to stay here. So, you know, don't listen to me about stuff. Lord, you can double think like a bandit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if any of this sounds interesting other than the 90 degrees all year round. Well, if that uh, seems interesting, the big easy. Move to... Yeah, go down there. <laughs> go hang out with Spangler and his mustache. It's true. Um, we can we can sweat but, and talk about mustaches. It'd be a yeah. great time. <laughs> but you know, if you felt like you needed to shave your mustache, you go to uh, our friends at Manscaped and tell them that we sent you. And how would they do that, Buzz? Well, you would use the word "buzz cut" for twenty percent off and free shipping. That's right. Promo code "buzz cut" for twenty percent off and free shipping. Let them know we sent you. All right, so what's the topic again? <laughs> Value prop. I know. Underlined exclamation point. So we're going to set a couple of ground rules here because we don't want to copy the Granado's recent episode where they did essentially a one-watch collection but at each price point, which inherently means some value proposition. They didn't really go over – they did, they did over 5K, but that was kind of a grail. We're not going to go down that road. And I think the other thing we have to say, too, is as much as we like our friends in the microbrand space, I feel like we're just going to kind of leave them over here because they are very much a value proposition. But at the same time, not everybody gets that. And um, while there are a lot of fantastic and interesting designs there, Unless you're kind of into that space, most people don't know what it is, and there's an explanation involved. And it's I've always heard somebody say like, "Oh, you know, like it's 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 you have to explain the McLaren. You don't have to explain the Ferrari. Like it's like they're both great cars. There's a lot of great watches that that for 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 a steal. But when somebody asks you what that is, you're going to explain it, and that's different than just saying, "Oh, it's a blank." So we're going to kind of leave that over there. There's a ton of great value propositions in the microbrand space. We're just going to leave them over there because we all know that exists. <laughs> we're going to ignore them for now for the sake of making this a, a, an inter- a, a slightly more interesting show. I'm not going to say it's interesting. Slightly more interesting than it otherwise would have been. So now that we have that out of the way, do either of you think a value proposition still exists um, with the major players. Yes. It's okay. Spangler. Before we start, are walking? Should, should, walk. should I say what I'm, what I'm, Oh yeah. Say, yeah. Thinking? Okay. Uh, I, I think if you're, uh, if you're walking into a store and trying to buy a watch, no, no value prop. Hmm. Okay. I think I think I'm kind of with Buzzy. I think the answer is yes, but I think it's different than it used mm-hmm. to be. But it's not the value proposition you get today is not the same one that you would have gotten three years ago. That's not the same one you would have gotten five years ago, and that's not the same one you would have gotten seven or ten years ago. We can get into that all later. But I'm more interested in Spangler now. If you're gonna, if you're somebody who's like, all right, I got a promotion, I'm gonna go buy a watch to commemorate this. Why do you say no? I'm curious. Well, I think at this point where we're at, you know, obviously watches are sort of, you know, 
taking center stage more than they have in recent years. Uh, and that's, you know, obviously drawn up more interest. And from that, prices have definitely increased. Um, and I'm not trying to say that there aren't value props out there. Obviously, there are great steals and deals to be found, you know, online on the used market. But the way I see it and the way I think brands see it when you walk into a store, they can charge whatever they want to charge because at a certain point, you kind of have to do it, which I don't know, like this kind of delves into the whole like AD topic, which, you know, I always have a love-hate relationship with because, you know, certain brands may be mooching off of other brands and saying, hey, you know, they can't buy those brands, but they can buy our brands. And they know that they may have to buy our brands because you got to get some type of rep with an AD. So we can sort of just charge whatever we want to charge. And, you know, obviously you get deals off of that. But I mean, certain pricings from certain brands, you know, let's look at IWC, right? I own one. I think their MSRPs are ridiculous. Uh, Preach. Brightlings, ridiculous. Um so, I mean, <clears throat> I think walking into an AD and trying to find a watch that you can find, can say, quote unquote, is a value prop, no more. Uh, this day and age, no. Uh, five years ago, maybe, yes, certain prices could have been at that point where it's like, well, yeah, this is a really good deal and I should probably get this for no, no other reason than I like the watch and it's a really good deal. Uh, so, but like I said, outside trying to go you know, on eBay, on Watch You Seek, wherever you want to find your used watches, there are certainly deals. Uh, and I think that'll always be the case. Um, but, you know, I think it's getting harder and harder to find them. So so you're talking about most of the watches that you see in the case, like MSRPs are kind of off the charts for what you get. So you don't think there are any brands at all. If you were to walk into an AD and say, pick one of these up and say, oh, even at the sticker, that's a lot of watch for the, for the money. You don't think there's there's any brand or any watch. It's a bold statement. It's a bold statement for me to say anything because I, I, you mentioned oh. two brands and I don't disagree with you on those two brands. But I'm going to say like you walk in and you say, I'm going to go pick up a uh, – let's, let's call it just an Omega Seamaster DeVille on a bracelet. <laughs> And, and flip that tag over and see that MSRP and you think that that's, that's too much. I'm not going to speak for other people because obviously they will have different opinions than what I have. Uh, if I went into a store and flipped over an Omega Seamaster DeVille's price tag, I would never pay that ever. Um, because one, I know if I like that watch, I could 100% get it for a lot cheaper someplace else. Do you know that if you're walking into a store? I mean, I know that. Now, for the everyday right. consumer, uh, maybe not. But then again, they don't really know what a value prop, quote unquote, is for watches. So, I would. It's kind of a hard comparison. To so, make. one of the things underpinning this uh, debate is, is the very definition of, of value prop, and I would suggest that value prop. Okay, maybe it's like pornography. You know it when you see it. But um, I would say that it is. Not something that you should expect to have across the board. You shouldn't expect by its very definition that there are a lot of them because it's um, unreasonable to expect that an entire 
category of consumer goods remains mispriced, right? So by, by its very definition, a value prop is something that is uh, exceptional value received in regards to the price. And that really, by its nature, is something that is rare. It's a small proportion, right? I mean, it's probably it's probably the twenty percent of the Pareto split. So, um, keeping that in mind, absolutely, absolutely, there there are value props, and you know, like for example, you you can't the proof of the value prop, right? Like. Look at a Longines Spirit Zulu time for on bracelet under three grand and tell me that value props don't exist. Right? Like, uh, I actually think that you can make a case that a good bit, I'm not going to say a majority, but a decent amount of tutors lineup actually yeah. is, is the value prop. If you can get them, the answer to right. that is yes. <laughs> um, that just throws a whole other like area of debate in. It if does. You can get them, sure, right? Like I'll say, right? Like in right, I'm trying to make this argument based off what you can get into an AD because, like, you know, a value prop is very, I guess, subjective when you find it online, based on where you find it, when you find it, how you find it, blah blah blah, blah all that kind of stuff. So just to keep it sort of, you know. Oh, I, for the sake I of argument, I'm just saying ADs. So, but well, and that's fair. And I would say, like to Buzz's point about Tudor, I would also go and, and we all like to. There's always the whole Seamaster Submariner argument. Like you walk in, and one you can you can buy a Seamaster in the case an SMP. There's probably at least two to three different colors in the case, and. While there are some aspects of the Samarina that are probably nicer, like the bracelet taper and the clasps are, the fact that the clasp is a little bit smaller might be a little bit better, but like glide, glide lock exists on both of those watches. So does a dive extension. Um, like, or what's actually the Samarina doesn't have a wetsuit extension. It just has glide lock, but it's a bigger glide lock. So mm-hmm. anyway, like you put those two watches next to each other. I mean, yes, there's styling differences, but the movement in the Omega is arguably better. It's got more magnetic resistance. Like if you want to talk about pound for pound, what is a better watch without aesthetics? The Seamaster is a value proposition. You could also argue the same more, thing. More difficult with, to execute with, uh, dial. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, there, any number of th- you could say that. So, like, I, I think those exist, and I know everybody laments how Seiko is moving up market. Now, I, I, for one, absolutely love the SPV 149. I think that whole range is killer. Pick a color, pick a style, anything in the SPV range, even at MSRP, is a pretty killer watch when you line it up against other watches at that price point. Um, some people will complain about the movement accuracy. You can get those tuned better, like there, any number of things. But I think... Build quality and what you get in the package there. At least I don't feel like at, at whatever MSRP is, I'm getting ripped off. Like there are some things that you walk and you're like, man, if I have to pay full sticker on this, like I, I feel like that's a bit excessive. Like that's kind of where Spangler comes in with MSRP on some IWC and MSRP on some Breitling just seems a little bit much for the package. Um, but I mean, 
I also think that as we've evolved and as brands have tried to move up market, some of the things that you've seen are better than what they used to be. Like I actually, I spent that, that old samurai that I have great watch, you know, great watch for what it was, but it was a $250 watch when I got it. Like I got it on sale for 250 bucks. Like I felt like that was about the right pro- right price point for that, given like the quality. And mine actually had everything lined up, which is weird. Um, but I got it on clearance at Macy's. Um, you compare that to the new orange dial watch I have, also a Seiko, that new GMT. The finishing is just better on that new Seiko Five than on the older Samurai. Like I don't know what they're doing differently, but like I put that watch on that I paid more for, and I'm like that seems about right for the quality. Like I like, I'm not saying it's a great value proposition. I think it's a cool watch for what it's, what it cost. But I, again, I don't feel like it's get like I'm getting ripped off. Like, Oh, Seiko is just trying to like move up market and prices. Like, no, they're making a better product than they used to. Uh, so I think that has something to do with it. I think also too, with that being said, I think brands obviously are making a better product, but it's also because of the fact that they sort of have to make a better product. Because, you know, with times, you know, manufacturing different, you know, taste change too, you kind of have to, you're going to fall behind. So, you know, is the value prop due to their better manufacturing or is it due to the necessity to make a better watch? Well, I mean, I think like you said, Spangler, there's more consumers, watches are, you know, ever more popular than they have been. Um if you're competing for, I mean, obviously Rolex is selling out of everything. Tudor is as well to, for in, in some cases. Um, but like if you're competing, like you have to be able to move, like you have to be able to sell something and people want, have to want to buy it. So like you have to have a quality product. I, I like, I, I think like you said, everybody, everybody has upped their game mm-hmm. and it's, it, whether it's folks with movements and complications, whether it's better finishing, I mean, shoot, Grand Seiko came up with the new escapement. That just doesn't happen ever. Like, there's a new escapement on the market. And for movement nerds, that's awesome. Um, prices of those are getting a little, little, little steep. Um, but, um, I mean, it's new technology. There's some cool things there. Um, so I think a lot of the whole value proposition idea is in the eye of the beholder, but buzz brings up a good point. You shouldn't expect everything to be a value proposition because if everything's a value proposition, nothing is a value proposition. You you can't, it's a, it's a comparative uh, term. I mean, I would also point out like the Zenith El Primero, like that is not inexpensive, but it is quite a bit of value for what, what you pay. And I mean, I'm, I'm not uh, Mr. Piss Away Bunch of Money on Watches guy, uh, and, and I, I recognize the, the value there. So It's, it's interesting because um, I had a point and I lost it. Come back. I'm, I'm sure it was interesting. <laughs> I'm sure it was too. Uh, did, it, did it have to do about the three colors and getting your money's worth? No, when it, comes it to didn't colors? have anything to do with zenith it i think it had uh what did it have to do with oh i can tell you what's not a value proposition and i know people love these and i i i I get the nostalgia factor i get that you know this is kind of before 
something became a true luxury good and more still I could at least lean into, hey, this is still a tool watch. But like, and this is not to knock anybody who picked one up 15 years ago and has been rocking it ever since and it's their daily wear, but like vintage watches, while they're cool, some are very rare, like I mean, a 10-year-old sub, they're nice, they wear well, but like they don't feel as nice as a new sub. I mean, no. like put one of the, like the clasp. Oh my goodness. People, not grand Seiko's clasps. At least they're machined. Holy fright. <laughs> like five digit subs wear well. And I got to tell you, the clasp disappears, but like when you go and open and close that, it's like, Oh, this feels thin. Like, especially if you've handled a new Submariner, a six digit or a, a new, a, a new 41 millimeter. Oh my goodness. Like it just it's it's night and day. Yeah, I remember um, how well that clasp was uh, handling on the uh, on that new forty one millimeter sub that Spangler had. Oh wait, you had it on the NATO strap when you we met up. <laughs> ah, on, you tried on, on the Hulk when I had it's on a bracelet. Now uh, yeah. <laughs> just trying to make us come down to the Big Easy to to see it. Sweat. Yeah. <laughs> come on down. You can sweat. We can have a great time. Oof. Come on down there with our families. <laughs> Let's make it a business expense trip or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Spangler didn't get the joke. No, I guess I did. We both don't like Brian Kelly, and he was <laughs> had some like hey, whoa, 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 whoa. carpet baggy uh, fake. Spang- Spangler's going to argue that as a UC undergrad, he didn't like Brian Kelly before we didn't like that's Brian right. Kelly. That's that's true. I didn't like Brian Kelly before y'all didn't like Brian Kelly. But I'll be honest here. I'm going to say Brian Kelly for the third time now in like 10 seconds. Uh, Brian Kelly. Don't say it too many times. We're number one. Through the uh, mirror. <laughs> uh, LSU, number one, the SEC West. So he'll blow it in whatever bowl game we go to. But for right now, LSU's back, baby. And I'm loving it. Who did you get? You beat one team in the, uh, in the SEC uh, West. Uh, yeah, we beat Auburn and we should have lost Auburn. that game. But, you know, we came back. It was a good what, game. What? Has Alabama played anybody in the SEC West yet? Alabama never plays anybody. They have to play you. That doesn't say much. <laughs> well, as of last year. So, but anyway, Alabama's going to lose to us because I, I know they are. Let's be honest here. Yeah. They're going to come. I'm just you heard sure. It, you heard it here first. You heard it here they, first. They almost lost to unranked Texas. Guess what? LSU, number 25, baby. Ugh. They're going to come to the Death Valley. Brian Kelly's going to get his one win. That's going to secure his spot for the next five to seven years. Just wait. Just wait. It's going to happen. Alabama. Just coasting on their laurels, man. And their talent. And their coach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it all, goes, it all goes in the same thing, right? Alabama sucks. We all hate Alabama. Come on. You guys, this is you guys are Notre Dame fans. You, you have to hate Alabama, too. Yeah. Oh, we do, but... I mean, we. it's weird. It's not like we hate LSU. We just, for the next couple of years, <laughs> don't want to see you guys win any games. <laughs> and it's not because we want them back. No. It's because we're so well, sick it's, of them. It's because justice consists of doing what one ought to do and be left alone. And he's proven himself at Notre Dame to be a middling coach. Like, when over the years I can only think of one actual good road win at at Oklahoma in 2012. I mean, yeah, yeah, no thanks. Mediocrity. 
That was a phenomenal road. Oh, it was a great road win. It was incredible. (laughs) It was a great road win. God, he was at Notre Dame for 10 plus years. Yeah, 12. 12. 12 years. I thought we were going to have to, I thought we were riding that horse into the sunset. I was so glad when. That's that's wild. Jeez. Wow. Anyway, but back to watches jumping the shark. Um, after our after our conversation, know. jumped the shark. Do a little sidebar there. We we are like <laughs> we are like the Family Guy of watch podcasts. The asides uh, they happen, and sometimes they're longer than they should be. <laughs> Anytime Brian Kelly is brought up or anything Notre Dame, it's like the chicken fight. Know. It's like the yeah, chicken yeah. fight. <laughs> <laughs> it just spirals into shenanigans. <laughs> Tom Fuller, even <laughs> yes, plenty of that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting because there were. I feel like there used to be brands that were value propositions. And like Buzzy said, Tudor still for for a, for most for a good number of their designs or a good number of their their SKUs yeah. are. Grand Seiko for a long time was. Now that move up market with everything has kind of changed that a bit. There are still definitely some phenomenal value proposition watches in their catalog. Like a lot of like I feel like their entry level spring drive for I don't know if it's still just under four thousand, but like their MSRP for that champagne and black dial spring drive, like Zeratsu polishing, champagne or black dial, like spring drive movement. Think of the Grand Seiko version of the old Sarb. That's what that is for thirty eight hundred bucks. I think that is is a phenomenal phenomenal value play. Um, 38 millimeters, like that's your everyday watch. Like that could be the one watch you buy. Like, Hey, this is something a little special. And at that price, it makes a lot of sense. I feel like some of the, like the, the lake, like the, essentially the, the white birch, but that's blue. The, the couple of different versions of white birch getting close to 10 K. I get <laughs> that they have new movements in them. I get that they're, they got a lot going on, but like that's getting a little long in the tooth. Um, so just, I, the same thing you say about every Grand Seiko. I'm not saying you in general. I'm just saying that everybody says the same thing about every Grand Seiko ever made. And at this point, I'm kind of sick of saying it because I think they might be a little bit overpriced now. Or, I mean, maybe not overpriced. Maybe they're finally fitting into the price bracket that they deserve to be in. But the price bracket that no one's willing to pay for them. Well, and that's like I said, that's why I highlighted a couple of models that are still down there. I think that if you look at some of their sport models and some of their like just their kind of everyday collection models, they're not the most exciting watches, but they still have Zeratsu. They still sparkle like like no other watch at that price point. They have a spring drive movement in them hmm. for sub four. You're going to you're going to tell me that for sub four, the equivalent of a fifty five hundred dollar OP, but with Grand Seiko finishing isn't worth it. Sub four spring drives, that's an all day buy. You know, if I was yeah. in the market, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, they, there used to be a like they they used to be viewed as a brand as a value proposition, and I agree with you. Like, they're they're not anymore as a brand yeah. by all means, but I still think there are several models in their collection where you're like, man, that is actually a really really good really good watch for the money. They're divers, no. no. I want to love their divers so much, but no. Um, <laughs> but that's not what they do. Um, some of their GMTs, though. Some of their GMTs. You can, make, you can definitely make the uh, argument that the, uh, I forget the, the reference number, but the very Explorer 2-esque, right, the, the entry-level ticky-ticky uh, GMT is yep. actually a hell of a yep. value play. 
Um, oh, totally. Been seriously considering getting one um, at multiple points the past couple of years. I don't know if I would no. consider any quartz watch a value play. Quart- That's just me. Free, really? Free you- yourself. Free yourself from <laughs> from this supposition it. that it, it it absolutely needs to be anything. automatic or mechanical. Hey, Buzzy, who's the only one wearing a quartz watch right now? I was about to bring this up. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> you beat me right to it. <laughs> Uh, That's because I still haven't had the battery. I'm going to say this: the watch I'm wearing is not a value prop. No, 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 that is not. But I was going to say, like the 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 from Amazon eighteen dollar Casio World Timer is not a value prop. On a steel bracelet, man, come on, eighteen bucks. My friend has a watch. I recently tried it on. It's a good deal. I've got one of those. I wear it to mow the lawn. It's a great like for eighteen eighteen bucks. (laughs) That's the best value prop. We can come up with on the episode, probably. I feel like you have to like pack it. Yes, off the top of my head, all the time zones and a map that lights up to whichever one you are in that you have selected. You can't come on. Can't beat that. Eighteen bucks cannot beat it. No, cannot beat it for eighteen bucks. No. You could even make the case that there's a class of around a hundred dollar, right? The the Casio. Uh, the Qs certainly, when they were new and hot, I feel like the the uh, Q uh, amount of love that that the Timex Qs have gotten has cooled off big time. But uh, yeah, they yeah there are a lot of uh, a lot of quartzy boys around the hundred that you, you just you can't beat. I mean, I still think I kind of go back to the OG Seiko Five and then, like, kind of like the new Timex Marlins. Like those, those are some cool designs. Automatic watch or manual wind watch, sub two fifty. Like back in the day when, like, that uh, Seiko Five uh, field watch was like fifty five dollars delivered, two day shipping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite a time. Well, let's not also forget, Macy still carries Seiko. And when certain of the, of the like, no, no, don't get me wrong. They don't carry, like, anything really above, like, a turtle. Like, they, they carry, like, I think they carry the, the king turtle that has the ceramic bezel. But, like, anytime Macy's is running, like, friends and family or whatever, like, you could, you could go out there and, and crush, absolutely crush a discount on a, a five to $600 Seiko. Like... Those new Seiko 5 GMPs yes. are sometimes in stock. And you could get those 25, 30, 40% off depending on how you line up your line up your discounts. Um, I, I did not I, know I'd they, be hard they pressed had the GMPs. to say that's not a hell of a value proposition right there. Huh. That's just being a smart consumer. Yeah. I've been known to uh, crush a Macy's deal back in the day. That's how I got the Samurai. You, you get your, your, your wife's, your, your girlfriend, your significant other's Macy's points. Pull together, oh, yeah. you get their little coupons to get in the mail. You get you get Macy's out a day. They're running a discount, like you said, Spence. Forget about it. My wife used to work there in human resources, like at corporate. They still oh. get the discount, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you still me. get the discount. <laughs> Not anymore. It, uh, it did take them a few months to deactivate it, though. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna say, even if it was years after, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> slip, uh, through the, slip through the cracks. Yeah, man. Yeah. So. uh hmm. 
it's it's funny. I, I think a lot of it has to be. I think Buzzy makes a very good point. I think you your point is very well taken, Spangle. Like for somebody off the street walking in, think, well, whoa, these are more expensive than I was thinking. Um, but like, I think I think there's there's an element of sticker shock. But I think if you're a decently educated consumer on, like, if you're going to go and, and, and drop between three and five thousand dollars on on just one watch to wear all the time, you're going to do a little bit of homework. For sure. For sure. Um, and you know, obviously, you know, I am trying to make this argument based off of you know just walking into an AD. Like I said earlier, you can find great value props online secondary market um but some of them you know i just what you get it's hard to find in 80s these days that's true but here's what i would say in the long run you know it's going to save you the most money spangler um and this is i think this might be an interesting point that i'm gonna uh, i want to get your reactions before we close out the episode on this one just buy moon swatches no don't just buy moon swatches <laughs> if, if you're gonna go out and say like you're gonna do your research, and you're, you're you're getting you're getting your one watch. You're doing your research. You stumble across like what price what MSRPs are. You start reading about things. You start trying. You find the forums. You find Hodinkee. You find a blog to watch. You find Fratello. You you start find, oh there's people who talk about these. You find the podcast. And you go and you finally figure out what watch you're gonna buy. And you walk into the AD and you like you work on a deal and you buy that watch. But you don't forget about all the other things. Now watches are kind of cool, and you get other. You know something? Save yourself money. Walk into an AD, pick a watch you like, pay MSRP, and don't think about it again. Because then you're going to be 131 <laughs> episodes deep in your podcast five years later, and you're going to be screwed. Uh, <laughs> so true. It's true. Ignorance it's true. is bliss. We joked yep. about that in the Red Bar chat a few weeks ago. My one buddy is like, buy a watch and tell him to forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with that. Does anybody disagree? <laughs> no, can't argue with it. I mean, look at buy us. Buy what you can afford, buy something you like, and don't think about it again, and wear it every day. <laughs> and then maybe pick up a G-Shock to mow the lawn. <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> screw the research, screw all the other stuff, because it's only a rabbit hole that you're going to go down. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at all the watches I have over here based off of what I bought because of the podcast. I'm like, oof. Yikes! And these four bottles. You would have bought some of the stuff without the podcast. Let's be real. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've got my two (laughs) Laurier's up here, which are you know directly linked to the podcast. Yeah, (laughs) man, (laughs) never would have bought those. Anyway, like just that's that's the best advice. There's the value proposition: be an uneducated consumer, because because once you open that door a little bit, we're gonna come get you. (laughs) Yep. Just smooth brain energy. That's yes. No think, just do. All smooth brain. brain. So smooth. The thoughts go directly <laughs> over it. No think. <laughs> no thoughts. Okay, I think I think I think we figured it out. And on that bombshell, uh, I guess it's time to end. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I think I think that that ended in the best way possible. Though. <laughs> Don't be like us. Stop listening to this show. That's for sure. You'll just save money in the long run. Think about how much you'll save by not buying all these watches. Uh, uh, anyway, listen to us. You will th- you will save money. Yes, 
Yes. Anyway, especially if you use promo code Buzzcut. Heyo. 20% off free <laughs> shipping. And on that note, we will catch everybody next week. See ya. <laughs>